Play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Podcast. Indeed it is. Same as it was last week. Same as it will be next week. And most importantly, same as it is now. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us for episode 216. Uh, As always, a lot of great music to play. No interview on this episode, but a lot of cool stuff. Going to talk about live show that uh, we were talking about for a couple weeks leading up to. We'll get to that as well. Let's get into the show. A lot of great uh, music has come out. I've slacked over the last week, but... What I do have on the list of things that have come out and will be coming out, we'll start back on June 6th, Lawmaker put out the dual EPs, Law of the Land, and then the acoustic version, four tracks each, uh, same tracks, just acoustic on the second version. Lily Livers put out Sunnyside Up, Depopulation Department put out Another War Victim, Grass Mud Horse put out a new single featuring Frankly McLaughlin on it, and the song is called Johnny Todd. Manic Hispanic put out Lowriders from Mars, and I think that that full length is, isn't even supposed to come out until like August or so. It's quite a ways out in the future, but be on the lookout for the full length from Manic Hispanic. Slow Fire Pistol put out Rabbit Town Blues, and that was on the 9th. The Woodsman put out Black Hole Single on the 11th. Stay tuned, that'll be coming up on a future episode. Satanic Togas, I love that name, put out a split with Zoids on the 11th, Liberty and Justice put out a split with Killer Hearts on the 11th, Blues Buster, new single, All My Life, it's a good single, heard that one, Bates Motel on the 14th put out Moving Forward EP, Ink Bomb and No Breakfast Goodbye put out a split on the 18th, that'll be tomorrow, the rest of these are all tomorrow releases, and uh, Bootlicker putting out self-titled Bootlicker LP, Authority Zero putting out a new LP, Ali Ali Oxen Free, Ben Out of Shape, and The Boldness, their split EP comes out. A lot of splits we're talking about here. Oh, yeah. That is tomorrow, and we play a track from each of those recently, Ben Out of Shape and The Boldness. Soldiers of Destruction had them on the last episode. Their full length comes out tomorrow. Really looking forward to checking out the rest yeah. of it. Berliner Weiss, maybe? Spur Dein Erz. That's on Lake Town Records. That, that is coming out tomorrow, too. Definitely want to check that out. Lake Town Records puts out a lot of great stuff. Love Breakers on the 25th will be putting out Primary Colors. Drug Church is putting out Tawny EP. No Guidance is putting out Fireworks and Arsonists on the 25th. And finally, The Dirtiest is putting out Sovereignista on the 25th. Eric. What I miss? What do you got to add? Anything you're looking forward to? Uh, really, not much. There is uh, really more or less the things that I have uh, that I have chosen today. They're all new tracks, uh, particularly the uh, song, or not rather the song, rather the album from Depopulation Department. We will be talking about that later today, and or later today. I guess technically, <laughs> yes, later today, as in maybe 40 minutes from now, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> later this episode, if you want to get to brass tacks. Uh, but yeah, we'll be talking about that one. And also, there was a, uh, there was a combination, a combination, 
Okay, I will get back to the highway. Compilation <laughs> of of local Salt Lake City bands that are doing uh, classic 80s songs as covers. And one of our favorites happens to be on there. We will get to that in eh, roughly 20 minutes. How about that? Right. <laughs> yep. And uh, this one is uh, it's new in the fact that it's like about a month old, I think. The 5th. But... Came out on June 5th. June 5th? Okay, so less than a month. Okay, June 5th. That's not so bad. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but it's the Bronx. It's the Bronx. <laughs> how, can I, how can you be mad about the Bronx? They just keep releasing good music, and they have released the third single from their upcoming album, Bronx 6, and it is called Watering the Well. And this is actually the... The funny thing about this third single, it's going in chronological order. And the Bouncing Souls, I remember, they did something similar like this with uh, Ghost on the Boardwalk. Up to the initial album's release, they released a single track in chronological order, like every month or every couple of weeks. And then when the album dropped, it just was like, all right, all the singles are coming together. There we go. <laughs> so I laugh at, at the Bronx thinking, oh, are they doing the same thing? But the album comes out in a couple months, so I doubt that. Maybe these are the last of the singles that they're dropping. But still, this is the third song, Watering the Well, that's going to be in sequential order. And you're hearing them uh, coming out in chronolo- chronologically <laughs> with, their release, with their releases. So if you listen to the first three singles, you've listened to the first third of the album pretty much. Right. Maybe the first third's a... Uh, little too much. Listen to the first quarter. So you're 25% in, all right? <laughs> That's probably right. So so yeah, we're going to get you to that level right now with watering the well. Here it comes. <laughs>
So, yeah, what more can I say about the Bronx other than that song is awesome? It is awesome. Well, I will say this. This song, upon listening to it, yeah, it feels very much old school 60s, 70s rock and roll. You know, very much the fact that the guitar has a very similar tone to uh, that of the Rolling Stones. It has a very Exile on Main Street feel to it. And, yeah, you listen to how the song plays out. It's very, like, a happy riffy sort of thing, and it's got those little melodies. They even do a bit of a solo in there. So, yeah, this is them leaning on a lot of uh, their classic rock inspirations on here. And, honestly, you don't really notice that because that's the magic of the Bronx. They they hide very well their inspirations. They're good at covering their tracks. That's what makes them unique. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so, yeah, there's the Bronx. I'll probably stop talking about them until the album drops. I hope that it's still at the end of August. So, August 27th, 21. Please listen to that record. <laughs> it's already sounding good. And before we move on, uh, tomorrow, 10 a.m. local time, wherever you're at, tickets go on sale for Dropkick Murphys and Rancid's uh, Boston to Berkeley 2, mm-hmm. and the Bronx is playing. Yeah. They are touring with them. So Rio Tinto Stadium here, if you're in Salt Lake, that's where they're going to be. And 10 a.m. local time, wherever you happen to be, is where uh, the tickets will go on sale. So oh, yeah. look at look at where, where they're going to be. Look if they're coming close to you. Boston to Berkeley. Last time I was at a show at Rio Tinto Stadium, I was, uh, I was working it. Oh, nice. Yep, I was working it. Well, kind of nice. I was, uh, I was a food runner there. Oh. <laughs> for, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a high school job, whatever. And, uh, but, hey, I got whatever they didn't order out the dessert cart, I got to take it home. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a... That turned into a very slippery slope. Anyway, <laughs> the fact was, I was working there, and uh, every summer they have like a your token big arena show because it's a soccer stadium, you know. Not a lot of bands play there, but when they do, they make sure they are big acts. So one of them happened to be Neil Diamond. So <laughs> by default, I got to see Neil Diamond live. And, oh, my God, he played Sweet Caroline to death. He played it, like, three times. Really? <laughs> yeah. He played it twice in a row. Well, sort of. Like, he did the last half again because, you know, everyone knows the chorus to that song. Right. So, of course, he wants to get everybody bumping up. And then he uh, closed He closed with Coming to America and then finished out the set with, like, a new reprise of Sweet Caroline. Wow. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And, most of the most of the audience there, they were a lot of old folks. You know, they were hopping on the little uh, retirement home bus, and they're going for the Neil Diamond show as like a uh, evening activity, something like that. Right. So me and all the. Me and all my coworkers, we were just making jokes like, uh, he's playing it again? Oh, yeah, he probably got a complaint saying, I had to go to the bathroom for the seventh time. I couldn't <laughs> miss Sweet Caroline. <laughs> or, hold on, my hearing aid is broken. All right, play it again. <laughs> just a lot of slander like that. But, but, yeah, the point is, you know, you get acts like that coming into Rio Tinto, and now it's Rancid and Dropkick Murphys. That just goes to show the... The caliber that they're at right now, they're playing arena shows. I mean, yeah, Dropkick Murphy's not really surprising. They played, uh, what's the, Fenway. They, right. paid, they played Fenway quite a few times. And Rancid, I've seen, I know they opened up uh, over here at USANA 
for uh, uh, for like a Blink One Eighty Two show. Yeah, yeah, it was. I them went and H2O. for Rancid. Yeah, <laughs> I went for Rancid. Didn't even know H Two O. They weren't on the bill. I missed them because I was sitting in traffic waiting to get there. Uh, yeah. Didn't know I was gonna miss them, and they were done playing by the time I got there. I was pissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's the thing. They're like a token festival headliners. I mean, how many times have they headlined PRB? Like, uh, I've seen them twice at PRB now. Right. Both of them. Actually, Rancid I've seen three times. Son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that either shows that they are getting, uh, you know, achieving rock legend status, or their fans are just getting really old. <laughs> Maybe it's both. <laughs> yeah, it is both. It's... <laughs> I'm not gonna. That that was a weird uh, little segue. That's not even a segue. What's the next song? <laughs> well, go check that tour out because the Bronx will be there. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. Next, we are gonna play a new track from the band. I'm gonna call them Rambler because it's R M B L E R is the name of the band. All caps. They are a band that is based out of Baltimore and Atlanta, and they're on the Atlanta label Spaghetti Town Records. Uh, I like the Spaghetti Town Records puts out a lot of garage punk type stuff. And this is right along that line. On May 14th, so a little over a month ago, they released a new single called Let Loose. Oh, yeah. This is Rambler. So let's let loose with this track. Go check them out on Spaghetti Town.
This song really winds down. Oh, yeah. It takes its sweet-ass time. <laughs> How long it... Excuse there the pun. <laughs> I'm about to muscle them out. <laughs> well, that is Rambler. Rumbler. Rambler. Uh, either way. R-M-B-L-E-R-M-B-L-R. No Rumba. vowels. Yeah. Roomba. Roombler? Roombler. Roombler. <laughs> They're on Spaghetti Town. Again, just that cool garage sound. I dig it. Go check them out. Go check out the other stuff on Spaghetti Town Records. If you like that band, you'll like the other stuff too. Yeah, I will. Also, I am backtracking a little bit, but there was something where I was going with the whole uh, Rancid Arena rock show thing. Okay. Uh, The fact that uh, a band like the Bronx would be playing in an arena, I want to know what their singer's going to be doing with that. Because he loves to get down in the audience. He loves to like really get involved. But if that guy has a wireless mic, I wonder if he's going to work his way up in the stands. <laughs> Go down every row. <laughs> That's what he needs. I don't know how. I've never been to a show at Rio Tinto. And I don't think the Neil Diamond show would probably properly demonstrate like you <laughs> yeah. know, the GA area that you normally get from other uh, indoor or USANA or other shows that you would get here. Oh, yeah. So I mean, if it's a seated show, like, uh, oh, man. Right. <laughs> I think he's going to have an aneurysm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's all I have to say about the Bronx right now. I'll shut up. <laughs> They're a great band. Go check them out. I'm definitely getting my tickets. Yeah. We're going to play anyway, one. Rumbler was a good one. It was. We're going to play one more new one. It is on Rain Dragon Records, and I want to thank Rain Dragon Records for reaching out. Uh, we definitely want to do our part. Uh, check out great new music. So when uh, labels and bands send their stuff our way, we definitely want to check it out. Even if it's not in a timely fashion, I hate that I don't get to them all quick enough, but we get to them nonetheless. Rain City Ghouls, though, just came out a little less than a month ago, May 21st. They came out with Let Loose. It's a single. If you're unfamiliar with Rain City Ghouls, they're from White Rock in British Columbia. So let's get in and check it out. Again, thanks to Rain Dragon Records for sending this our way so we can listen to it and talk about it with you. Here we go. Rain City Ghouls, let loose. Baby, I've been drinking all night. I really got to let loose.
think he wants to let loose. Yeah. Another from uh, the westernmost province of Canada. But this music sounds like it came from the westernmost of the U.S. <laughs> I'm talking Old West. Right. <laughs> That's really what it sounds like. Just, uh, I don't know, just uh, it sounds like those little uh, bluesy cowboy folk songs up there. I don't, did they have cowboys up in Canada? I assume they did. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we associate them more with like, uh, I don't know, lumberjacks and hockey players. But <laughs> <laughs> just as, uh, just as uh, people from other countries associate Americans with like... Uh, you know the good old boys with their with their six packs and their shotguns <laughs> and their cut off flannels, right? <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty sure, but whatever. It's regardless doesn't matter where it came from. It was a good song. <laughs> it was. I, I like uh, I like the tune. It was catchy, and you know it was kind of short, but just upbeat. I dig it. That's yeah. Rain City Ghouls. Go check them out on Rain Dragon Records. Oh yeah. It was a also really straightforward. Gotta have a beer. Gotta let loose. Right? Sometimes, you know, it's Thursday, and a lot of people, by the time you're hearing this, it probably is Friday, so <laughs> you're probably really feeling that song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I envy you people in the future uh, having a good Friday. <laughs> right? <laughs> Still got one more day here for us, but... I can't wait that long. <laughs> <laughs> but that's right. why we have this as a, as a pastime. As a distraction from the real world. <laughs> well, let's move on from the newer songs to a newer song. Yeah, <laughs> another new song. Like I said, it's going to be kind of the motif of this episode. Uh, anyway, like I said earlier, there is a compilation that came out via Bandcamp. So go check it out. I can't, I can't remember what exactly it was called. The Save the Stage? Yeah. Yes. Save the Stage, a very 80s comp. So there you go. You have the title. Check it out on Bandcamp. It's got multiple bands through uh, throughout the Salt Lake City scene. I think it was a total of 10. Something like that. It was, it was somewhere between 8 and 10. Somewhere like that, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't remember the exact amount. I was but just the, listening to the, it earlier today. I went and listened all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them were really good. Uh, Box Elder, you know. I yeah, like, that's I, the... I I dig that track too. I think they did a great job. I I love In Excess. They did an In Excess track. And yeah, did a good job there. Uh, Wicked Bears is on there. That's a pretty popular band out of Utah. Very much so. They're like the pop punk saviors of Salt Lake, right? <laughs> and then quite a there's you know about five or six other bands that are on there along with Mandalore, who we'll get to in a moment. And yeah. some of them did a really great job. A few others, I was like, mm, okay, you know, it it rounds it out, but. If you go to Bandcamp, it's Wheelbyte Records, and it's five bucks. And yes. I mean, you can donate more if you want because all contributions made go to the Trevor Project, which is a twenty-four-seven suicide prevention and crisis intervention service for LGBTQ plus youth. Oh, so, yes. uh, five bucks or more, and you get a bunch of cool tracks. Mm -hmm. Yep. So this is a uh, yeah, it's a compilation. That is actively uh, promoting charity for pride. You right. know, LGBTQ pride, it is that time of the year. <laughs> Indeed it is. Yeah. Also, a little side note. When I was coming back, I was I was in Colorado the past few days. And on the drive back, we stopped by a gas station. It's just one of those gas stations that's like 100 miles away from anything, really. <laughs> and 
hey, we're going in there, we're using the bathroom, and then there's this guy who walks in, got a big old American flag as a bandana, and he's wearing a black shirt, and on the white text says, straight pride. I'm just... Oh, God. Cue the hand to the forehead and rub it back and forth. This guy <laughs> is a moron. <laughs> it's just a... It's just the same thing as say, saying uh, uh, to Black Lives Matter, all lives matter, or white lives matter. It's like you're missing the point on that thing, first of all. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into it, but yeah, we're in straight pride during Pride Week, okay? Great, be proud that you're straight, but these people actually have a reason to be sporting it. <laughs> Trust me, okay? So... It's a good thing that the compilation is uh, pushing it forward and uh, not even pushing it forward, paying it forward. That's what I meant to say. Because, right. yeah, you forget how many people of the LGBTQ community are in the scene. Most of us, we don't even know about it until they come out as, uh, you know, come out as transgender, come out as bisexual, come out as non-binary. And multiple kids are doing that within this scene. Why? Because we make it comfortable for them. <laughs> We don't care. We don't care. You're you. As long as you're not a dickhead, then come on in and hang out. Right. And uh, so, yeah, keeping it, keeping it to uh, the music of this. Why the, why the 80s? I don't know. The 80s had a lot of weird shit. I love the 80s. Oh, a lot yeah. of cool songs. The song that they cover here, Mandalore covers, is yep. a great song. It's a great band. Yeah, it is a song by The Clash. It's Rockin' the Casbah. Oh yeah, let's give this a listen real quick and then I'll then I'll delve a little more into it. <laughs>
Conrad killed it. Oh, so did the rest yeah. of the guys. Conrad keeled it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The Clash is uh, one of Conrad's favorite band. I mean, everyone in that band, they all love The Clash. I don't know anyone who hates The Clash, but if uh, if someone does, well, uh, fuck them. And <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty awesome hearing uh, uh, Mandalore uh, cover this song. Especially you have heard Mandalore if you've been listening to the show long enough. If not, well, listen to them. Right, <laughs> you'll understand why this is a bit of an out of left field uh, cover for them. But I don't know. They covered Op Ivy. At the you know, the last time I saw them, they covered uh, one of their songs. I, I can't remember the damn title, but it was an Op Ivy song. And I remember when I mentioned that they have an EP coming out and they have a couple cover tracks on them. This is one of them. Right. It, is, it will be coming up on their EP, which is uh, yet to uh, have a release date. But whatever. It's, uh, I mean, I have it. I have the files. I listen to it. Me too. <laughs> yeah, we got the we got the inward. Uh, <laughs> what is it? The inward connections. Yes. So we we've listened to it first. <laughs> so, but there it, that's not the. I remember it was saying uh, I'm not gonna reveal the cover songs because there is one band that they covered you wouldn't guess. It is not this one. This the Clash. Yeah, a hardcore band covering a punk band, paying it forward to the influences. Yeah, you can figure that out. But there is another one. That I am not going to tell you. That is the one that, that struck me at way out of left field. It was the one that didn't uh, <laughs> that I didn't expect. I mean, the band, sure, but the song, okay, fine. Show me what you got. And yeah, it really brought Mandalore out of their shells based on what they can do. So if uh, that's the reason you really want to get that EP, I hope you do. <laughs> right. Yeah, it will be coming out on Irish Voodoo Records. I do knew that. I do know that. Yes. I do do know the voodoo. Yes. Oh, great God. label. They're putting out a lot of good stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And I'm digging myself into the ground with all these stupid puns. So let's <laughs> move on. <laughs> but the song was awesome. Mandalore, you're killing it. Can't wait to see you guys again. Next, we're going to play a band. They might be lesser known. Played them on the show once before. Cutting Edge is the band. They're out of the UK. Uh, their album, Face Down, they put out May 15th of 2020, so last year. And brand new on episode 170, I played the as a new track off of there, the track called Play It Loud. It is really awesome. Uh, some of the stuff that I'm playing, especially on this show from here on, are just things that I came across either on Spotify or I was listening to and just really was like, yes, I really like this. I really enjoy it. So even though I've played Play It Loud on episode 170, there's tons of great tracks on this album, Face Down. And we're going to play the title track now. So different tracks, same album as episode 170. Go back and check it out. Or just go check out Cutting Edge's album, Face Down. Because now you're going to hear another track from it, the title track, Face Down. Oh! 
from when we played them before, but what do you think of it now? Well, I tell you that his vocals and his lyrics really stood out on this one. Right. You know, like, they're the ones face down in the mud. I got, yeah, that's very blunt and brutal, and I love it. And yeah, the, the guitars themselves, especially in the tone, it just sounds so sinister. Right? <laughs> just, I, I can't even really explain it. That's just the word that came to my head. It's like, so plotting and just so i don't know kind of feels like it's just lurking around waiting to strike and then when it does it hurts <laughs> it i don't know what i would classify them as they're definitely some oi type skinhead music but it yeah, comes especially across, in the tone of it, his vocals right but the sound just comes off just a little bit heavier than you would normally get yeah yeah it's sort of a like an I don't know. Do ACDC it... meets skinhead music. <laughs> yeah. Do we call it heavy oi? <laughs> oi CDC? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, they're both cut from the same cloth. They are very much working class bands. Yep. One of them's just a little uh, 
more well-known than the other. <laughs> that might be true. That might be true. <laughs> Maybe so. All right. Well, but that's yeah. good stuff. Check out Cutting Edge. It's really good. I believe it's released on Rebellion Records, so go get yourself a copy there. Go look it up. You can find, I think, on iTunes. I don't think you're going to find it on Bandcamp, but you, you'll be able to find it if you want it. Uh, it's good stuff. You can hear it over on Spotify as well. Eric, you did a show this last week. Before we get to your great cover to cover, Al, why don't you tell me a little bit about it? I, I was there... Three bands played. I was there for two of them. I confess, I, I don't have the endurance I once had <laughs> yet. I got to build up to it. Second show in, I don't know, six, uh, how many months is that? Like 19 months, I think. I counted <laughs> yeah. like 18 or 19 months. Two shows after a 19-month gap there. So Same. I didn't quite have the endurance. The previous show was outdoors uh, and behind a tattoo parlor, so it ended early you know it was like 9 30 10 o'clock or something like that i think it's when it ended it was just barely after it got dark here this one i think i left around 10 45 after social stigma played and i was like i just don't think i have it in me for them to 15 20 minutes change everything up then play and yeah. i don't know they play the probably playing like 45 minutes to an hour they did yeah <laughs> so for me i got to see your band anonymous then i saw social stigma why don't you fill us in on your first show playing in your 19 month plus gap i mean that was 19 mm -hmm. months for me how many months was it for you for a show because you know that wasn't the entirety uh march you know so i guess what are we like 14 15 months since but for me yeah. november of 19 was the last show i went to the last show that i went to was also the last show that i played it was february in 2020 so that is 12 months right there <laughs> fast forward all the way to june so 12 then uh march April, May, June. So that was 16. Yeah, 16 months. 16 months not playing live. We did a we did a live stream for the Instagram benefit show when those were uh, when those were a thing. Um but yeah, we don't really count that as a live show. That's us playing in our friend's basement to a <laughs> to a phone. Right. <laughs> I mean, yes, people people tuned in, people watched, people commented. They're like, "Yeah, what's up?" and you know, and we thank you for that. Um, but yeah, this was that's the thing playing uh, to a screen, it doesn't have the same energy playing to a bunch of people that are looking back at you and uh, dancing around as well. <clears throat> so, yeah, that was the uh, that is what we are living for as collective artists and musicians and performers. You know, we want to be in the same room so we can feed off the reactions of people and give ultimately a better performance. And right. that's what we did. I mean, we did kind of have a uh, <laughs> a bit of a uh, a bit of a launching pad that was very that was very buoyant, just bouncy pretty much because this is this is just when this is like the first round of shows that are coming back into the fold, you know, no masks, no social distancing <laughs> type right. shows because that's what Urban Lounge used to do. Uh, just to just to make ends meet, which I get, you know, seated six feet apart, which is weird when you have a hardcore or a metal show, <laughs> right? And that is so, yeah. unnatural. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's just weird. So yeah, they were doing that for a while, but now it's like uh, it's June. Mask mandates are going down. Very very few places still require the mand the masks anymore. 
And but Urban Lounge is not one of them. So people were all bunched together on the dance floor. I was down on the dance floor as well because yeah, I like to be with you guys. What do you want? <laughs> but the show itself, our performance, god damn, I was so satisfied with the way it turned out. Uh, of other than just a few microscopic missteps, <laughs> I was I was very impressed with how uh, with how Tyler and Rissa and Ethan and DK all just came into the fold like we hadn't skipped a beat. Although I was pretty <laughs> tyrannical in getting practices done. I was like, we need to get this down. <laughs> we need to play through our set. We need to make sure that you, Tyler, know what bass places your bass parts you're playing. You, Rissa, know which beat and what speed. And you guitarists, you gotta make sure you're playing the riff the right speed. <laughs> uh, I wasn't that straightforward, but that's essentially what it all watered down to. And yeah, it was worth it, even when we played our new song. Our new song, Warmongers, which is the oldest song in our catalog. <laughs> Here's why. I wrote it when I was 15. Well, more or less came up with the title when I was around 15 or 16. Started writing it here and there, and I had like the full song, the first round of lyrics written when I was 18. Then I went back a few years later, revised a lot of it years later, basically it's over uh, 12 years old right now. <laughs> Through those 12 years, uh, the riffs are the same. The ending is different, more or less. And only two lines of lyrics has survived <laughs> throughout that whole rewrite and revise and resurgent period. And now it exists. It's, it's there. It's complete. We're done. <laughs> the complete. Everything is done on this one. So, and that was the one I was uh, most nervous about. But everyone behind me, my entire backing band. <laughs> oh God, that was a sh that was a backhanded compliment. <laughs> they are my band. They're they're the four other people next to me who uh, bring this machine to life. They were on point with everything. Even DK, he told me he was nervous about getting the ending down because we were having trouble with the ending and making sure we knew what fills were going where, when it was going to slow down, and how much it was going to slow down. But they did it without a fucking <laughs> without a fucking hitch. Me, I'm just like, oh, I don't remember the lyrics here. <laughs> but it's okay. It's not like you can understand what I'm saying anyway. Be that as it may. Right. <laughs> this is the, yeah, we were worried like, uh, oh, there's three bands. Are we going to be able to play our entire set? Because we clocked it in around 35, 40 minutes. And we played for exactly that long. <laughs> so it was pretty good. I got to say, it just, feel, it just feels good to be playing in that, in that setting again. Uh, moving on from there, that was our, we were the first ones to play. A lot of dancing. My friend Landon, he was there taking photos of all of us. You can see the photos online on the, on our Facebook page and also on our Instagram plug. <laughs> you can also see it on social stigmas and villains social pages. There, he, he got photos of everything and everyone. He got photos of people in the pit. He was in the pit himself. Yep. He was like thrashing around and taking pictures while doing it. That is gonzo photojournalism right there. <laughs> he's, he's not documenting the uh, experience. He's living the experience. And that's the way we love it over here. And... So yeah, got a lot of he got a lot of great pictures. He got a uh, Conrad from Mandalore. He was watching the show. He got a good picture of him in the middle of a cartwheel while going into the pit. <laughs> it was so beautiful. 
and and yet social stigma themselves it's wonderful to see them performing again they are one of the heaviest hardcore bands uh as of as of late in salt lake and and i mean barrett the fucking vocalist he plays his uh he plays the show wearing a ski mask yes he does oh man because it's uh as they call themselves, vegan anarchists. <laughs> yeah, vegan anarchists. That's a that's the majority of what their lyrics are about. Not necessarily veganism, but more like uh, the corruption in the in the meat industry. They are very heavily socio political <laughs> in their music, right? And uh, and yeah, just devout anarchism in their in their views. And I mean, yeah, if you listen to if you like Discharge, you're gonna love Social Stigma. <laughs> Enough said. Just sounds a little different, right? And anyway, the one that so yeah, we were there for uh, both of them. Obviously, I was there for the first one, right? <laughs> but unfortunately, Dustin, as he said, had to had to dip out a bit uh, a bit earlier, and he wasn't able to catch villain. I was able to catch villain, and I will leak this information to you. They were amazing. <laughs> the majority of their set consisted of songs off their newest album, and. And yeah, they were met with such great acclaim. People were dancing. People were headbanging. Their families were there up in the front row. I was up in the front row just waving my arms around, throwing fists up in the air and singing along to the lyrics and just banging my head. Yeah, it was was wonderful. But then when they got into some of their uh, deeper cuts... uh, yeah, when it opened up with the song Storm, it's literally just uh, one, two, three. I just feel like this wave of people just come crashing over towards me. I'm like, oh, shit, here he goes. And then the dance starts happening again. And also, one very nice thing, um, I've been supporting Villain for years, uh, almost, uh, since the, almost since their inception. Like, they... Uh, they came into the fold in uh, 2013. I met them around 2015, 2016, I think around there. And it was it was after their first EP dropped, and I did a localized piece on them for Slug Magazine. And then their second EP drops, I review it for Slug Magazine. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm there at every single show. I'm supporting them. I'm talking with them. And Trent, after the show, told me, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're – I think you're like our number one villain fan. It's like, I'm the number one? That's the first time anyone said that to me. And I'm like, I'm so happy that it is you. Also, a funny, funny thing. I bought a shirt at the at their show. And then I was talking with uh, Trent, who is, by the way, the vocalist. And the guy who also put on this show. Like, he brought it all together. They got all the bands. And, yeah, paying it forward. God damn. Awesome. He knew what he was doing. Anyway, he's talking to me, and at one point he goes, oh, by the way, uh, what size shirt do you wear? Uh, extra large, but I already have one. Oh, you do? Uh, okay. What size hoodie do you wear? <laughs> Same size? Okay. Be right back. So he goes, pulls a hoodie, gives it to me. That's awesome. Just like, oh, my God. That's a good for being the number one fan. Yeah, pretty much. Also, funnily enough, the first time I saw them ever was at Urban Lounge. It was at the localized show. And now the last time that I've seen them, the first time I'm playing with them is at Ur- Urban Lounge. That's pretty, uh, I don't know, how did they say it in Pulp Fiction? Divine Intervention. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Universe, for bringing us together. I've been trying to play a show with Villain for quite some time. It just never worked out. 
I mean, these guys, they had a longer, uh, longer, uh, <laughs> what was it? Re I can't remember. I can't remember the name. I guess, uh, hypersleep <laughs> between shows. <laughs> this is the first show they played in like two years. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, they, I've said this before. They are a band consisting of older gentlemen. <laughs> they've been in band. They've been playing in Salt Lake band since the early nineties. And yeah, now they have their jobs, they have their families, they have uh, other matters to which they must attend, and they don't play shows as often as they do. But when they do, you can just tell they're having a good time. <laughs> they awesome. just want to be there. They're great. Yeah, they are great. They are seasoned veterans. <laughs> great. They're great seasoned musicians. Their style is aged like a fine wine, and they managed to uh, bring that style, mold it with the newer style of hardcore, and present it to us. And a lot of people are eating it and digesting it, and it's awesome. Indeed. Yeah. A couple more cool things about that show. The song Throat. First song I heard from Villain, as it is the first song they released off of their first EP. He points at me out and says, this one is dedicated to Eric right here. Awesome. <laughs> this is his favorite song. And they plays Throat. And I'm like, not my favorite song, but it's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and talking of favorite songs, there was one guy who uh, came up to me. After, uh, I think it was after Social Stigma set or after the show, I can't remember when, but he came up to me and said, that song that you guys played, the first one, oh, Defined by Blood? Yeah, that is like my favorite hardcore song that I have heard recently. I'm like, oh shit, that is fucking awesome. <laughs> that actually gives me, that actually just kind of uh, reinvigorates my purpose. There you <laughs> go. Planet. Also, another cool thing. We uh, sold out of cassettes again. <laughs> got them all sold there. <laughs> yeah, Fantastic. all of them. We got cleaned out. <laughs> cleaned out. We still have a few buttons left, but our cassettes, they're gone. We're going to have to do another round. <laughs> uh, hopefully soon. We got to do shirts, too. We're uh, <laughs> this, is, this was also the first show where we actually had merch available for purchase. Kind of, kind of crazy how, uh, how things are going. Like, yeah, first show back into the fold. Holy hell. If, I mean, aside from the just seeing the bands perform live, it was just great to feel that camaraderie again. The community is back in full force, and everyone's dancing. Everyone's having a good time. There was no drama, no bullshit, no anything, no flexing. Everyone was, everyone was there for the same reason. We wanted to see them. Right. We wanted to hear them. We wanted to, we wanted to support them. And we were all there doing that same thing. We even had my we even had my little uh, friend come in who was uh, not the uh, the age of twenty one. He's a few months out, but he was doing our merch for us. Oh, cool! <laughs> yeah, so he still got to watch us play. That's awesome. Yeah, we just had to make sure he wasn't you know glug glugging, <laughs> which he wasn't. He wasn't. He was doing. He was just doing his job, and he did his job very well. I mean, he sold all the shit. He's a great showman. A showman, salesman. There you go. Holy <laughs> hell. So, yeah, as you can say, I've had a lot of things to say about that show because it struck a chord with me. I'm still coming down from my high off of that show. Well, And I don't want to go down too far because we got another one. We have another one, July 17th, at Aces High with Goat Sifter. And one other band I'm skipping on the name. You'll know it before then. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about it more. We got flyers. <laughs> well, I hope... 
everybody else has had or is about to have that same experience of that first show or, you know, great show after not having seen shows for so long and uh, talk with people about it. It's fun. Uh, Eric and I Mm. are having a great time just talking about that particular show right there. Oh, yeah. It's been been so long since we were able to talk about that. Right? Used to be a big part of the show and then we just haven't done anything with it. And before too long, we're going to get back to that touring band's part of the show as yep. well once that starts happening. Yeah, just just a minor uh, speed bump. Yes. We, yeah, shows, oh yeah, we had a flat, you know, but we fixed it. We put the spare on. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we put the spare on, started doing the live stream shows. Then we got the whole tire replaced. There you go. Now we're going full speed ahead. We're back. <laughs> All right, well, the, the part of the show that comes after the live talking or the talking about the live show portion of the show. Yes. It's a great cover to cover album. Let's get into yours. Yes. I'm going to reiterate I chose the album Another War Victim from the band Depopulation Department. I often keep, keep thinking it's going to be called Depopulation Control. But then I realize how stupid that sounds. You might as well call yourself pro-life, depopulation control. Because <laughs> that's exactly what it is. But no, it's a population department. That just, it rolls off the tongue. I don't know why it's gotten me so, taking me so long to say it properly, but whatever. So yeah, another war victim. They are a, uh, they are a narco crust, uh, D-beat influenced music. It's a lot of, uh, I compare them to a combination of discharge and nausea. Uh, one is that they have uh, they have dual vocals. One is a uh, one is a gruff type vocals, while the other is more like a high pitched screamy yelpy type of vocals, like ah. <laughs> so right. so yeah. And a couple of the songs they they have the uh, cross contamination pretty much. They it's like they do the alternating vocals as you see in a lot of uh, different. Anarcho or crust bands, um, but sometimes it's just the uh, gruff vocals on a few songs and just the uh, and just the high vocals on another song. So it kind of sounds, oh, this is a completely different band. <laughs> so in order to really get the memo, you gotta listen to the whole thing in its entirety, because otherwise you'll be you'll think you'll be having a different experience or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't accurately explain it, but. That's the uh, that's where I'm getting at with these songs. I chose one of each vocal uh, passage, in that in that one is the, obviously the male vocals, and the other is obviously the women vocals, and they are both hard hitting. They are both pretty intense in their own way. The first one I chose is Judgment Day, and this sounds very much like an old school uh, discharge song with a bit leaning a bit more in their uh, thrashy side. Get some nice uh, downstroke pr- picking. And, yeah, like I said, you hear that in a lot of uh, thrash bands when they like to slow it down a little bit more. So that's what this one is. It's a D-beat thrash, if you will. <laughs> so here is the first one, Judgment Day. Hey! 
It's kind of a uh, kind of been on repeat at this uh, on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, just like to really let the atmosphere settle. So yeah, that's that's the first one with the uh, with the gruffer of the vocals right there, and and yeah, he really digs deep in his trachea on that. Josh Murdoch, God, it sounds painful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh God, I can't. Me personally, I can't get that low, but yeah, doing a guttural screams like that, doing the gruffer stuff. If you don't do it, uh, if you don't give your voice rest and you don't ease yourself into it, you're gonna hate yourself. <laughs> Judgment day. Yeah, next thing you know, you'll be doing vocals like this. <laughs> Which, if you're doing gruff vocals, like uh, no one's really gonna notice but if you're trying to get bruce dickinson style whales yeah that's uh that's not going to happen but <laughs> but besides that that out that song is uh that song is really good uh the next one i chose dead heroes and again i am fucking up with the names on this one because every time i see dead heroes i read it in kind of a dyslexic format like dead horses <laughs> I mean, it is literally the same letters, all the same letters, just in a different order. <laughs> Dead horses, which uh, 
yeah, dead heroes, dead horses. It is a song about uh about the those who have become fallen victims in war, you know, giving up their giving up their lives in quite a literal sense just to uh, just to be on the front lines, you right. know. So if you're talking about um, you know, maybe some old school wars where we were still fighting on horseback, yeah, a lot of times there are dead horses. That would have been true. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's my that's my one of the day. <laughs> so, but Dead Heroes itself is a uh, yeah, it's a wonder one, it, <coughs> wonderful one. My God, <laughs> it's been four days in Denver, and you're already coming back talking like a stoner. <laughs> one time, <laughs> but Dead Heroes is a wonderful track. It's got a lot of. Uh, yeah, got a lot of uppity parts. It's a lot faster. Sounds like more of your uh, classic D-beat track. And, oh, my God, the vocals on this one. It's a complete contrast to what we just heard. It's the, yeah, it's the polar opposite. So, yeah, this is just her singing on this uh, on this specific track. But hopefully this urges you to hear how they want, how they off, they bounce off of each other in a, where they're, uh, where they're in conjunctive with each other's lyrics. Pretty badass. So listen to the rest of that whole album. Every song is a banger. These two just happen to be more, I'm not going to say it, bangable. (laughs) (laughs) I'm killing it today in uh, more ways than one. This is Dead Heroes and not Dead Horses, and it's a bangable track. Given you the uh, fair warning, probably wouldn't be able to tell those two apart. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> actually, it, 
That is not what I meant to say. The opposite is what I meant to say. <laughs> you would be able to tell those two apart, but you would never guess that it's from the same band. There you go. There we are. There we are. <laughs> I once again found the highway after going on that musty, dirty, dirty road. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's what I got to say about depopulation department. Another war victim. On top of a few other, a uh, few other releases they have. They do have another release. Um, that was one thing I forgot to do was pull up the title, which is drum roll here. <laughs> Life Kills. Okay, there, there we go. Life Kills. That was their first album they released uh, just a couple years ago in 2019. So, yep, and it's uh, really short. It's only 16 minutes. Okay. Seven tracks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, check them out on their band camp. They got some good shit. Awesome. Well, I got an album. We'll get right into it. The band is Vanilla Muffins. Again, like I was saying when I was playing uh, earlier, the last band I was playing, uh, Cutting edge, playing face down. Just stuff that I came across on Spotify. Started listening to Vanilla Muffins. They released a track that they put out like back in 1993. And like, oh, cool, I'll check it out. It was great. They released another one. And then I just started listening to a bunch of their stuff. I've got some of their albums. And as I'm showing Eric right now, I thought, you know what? I haven't played anything <laughs> off of this album yet. Give me some Sugar Oi. And I like this album a lot. <laughs> That looks uh, very Looney Tunes, that, <laughs> that cover. Right? Oh, man. It's a, for those of you that haven't seen it, what I'm looking at right now is a devil who is, who is submerged in gold, and he's doing a little uh, stripper dance where he's, uh, where he's bent over, hands against the knees, giving you that come-hither look, and his ass is hanging around, his tail just all swiveled all up. And of course, he's got the pitchfork. He's got the pitchfork. That is your that's your vanilla muffin right there. Right. I'm gonna point one last thing. He's got his drawers pulled down, and you see what that is? That's the Swiss flag, and that that's what his uh, <laughs> his pants are. And that's because vanilla muffins are from Basel in Switzerland. Uh, very few bands I know from Switzerland, but I know Vanilla Muffins. They are not a band anymore. A, Two of the three band members, uh, Colin Brandle and Per Gulliman, sorry, Gilliman, uh, went on to form the band called The Sex Machines. Ah, uh, yeah. The Sex Machines uh, had a couple releases in the mid-2000s. Vanilla Muffins, way back into the 90s, including this album, Give Me Some Sugar Oi, came out in 99, and then they've had several other releases and uh, singles and stuff like that. I don't know about new material, but just... Uh, compilations of their music They have a lot of cool music uh, We're going to play a couple tracks That you might not be familiar with Unless you're familiar with this album Give Me Some Sugar Oi So let's jump into the first track It is We Are The City Boys Here we go with some Sugar Oi From the band Vanilla Muffins <laughs> Oh, baby, oh. The traffic is my own 
Muffins, a band that you are familiar with. I cannot say that I am. <laughs> what do you think of Sugar Oi? Uh, sugar Oi? I am definitely feeling the sugar in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds so smooth, <laughs> right? Yeah, a little, a little too, a little too smooth for my taste. But, but yeah, I sense, I sense the effort, I sense the fun. So good on them. <laughs> You should check them out when you have time. Pull them up on Spotify, and I'm talking to Eric. But everybody, if you're unfamiliar with the band, uh, a lot of cool songs. Just go listen to their their top tracks. You might have heard I, I've played a couple of those. Neither of those two appear on this album, but I haven't played this band since probably like 2017, maybe 18 at the earliest. It's been so long, and I was surprised that I hadn't. And just started listening to a bunch of their music. That's what I've been listening to, uh, just doing yard work and shit around the house, yeah. over on Spotify, and yep, had to play it. So had a hard time picking between all the songs on this album, but yep, settled with We Are The City Boys, which was that one. We're going to play one more, and it's I Can't Hear You, so well, let's hear it. I don't know if you can <laughs> hear it, but you know, I Can't Hear You. Here we go. <laughs> I'm 
fantastic Vanilla Muffins out of Switzerland. Yeah. I will say I enjoyed that song a lot more. Oh, good. Yeah. Mostly with the uh, mostly with the guitars. Okay, I like that one. It brought back a it brought back a, uh, a melodic gr- garage sound to it, sort of in the same vein as uh, Pup, which okay. I love. So, so yeah, I can uh, I can credit them a little more with that. Well, when you get a chance on Spotify, go check out Vanilla Muffins. Go check out a few other tracks. See what you think. A few more than what we've heard here, and definitely check out that album. Uh, give me some sugar. Oh, I had a really tough time. The, even the title track. I wanted to play the title track, but mm. even clocking in at two twenty three, which is not short, the song just seems short. I don't know why. It just seems like it ends too early to me, and that's why I didn't pick that one. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. I understand that. It's a great track, though. Yeah, check it out. So yeah, look for the album with the uh, with the devil on the front doing the. Doing the little Angus Young stage show thing, where he uh, pulls down his where he pulls down his pants and he realizes that uh, the underwear he's wearing is the flag of the country they're in which they're playing. <laughs> right here's my other album that I have that is kind of a conglomerate. It's a uh, compilation. The Triumph of Sugar Oi is the name of this one, and you can see the little devil thing, but not showing its ass. A little bit yeah. different. He's not. No, he's doing like, more of a triumphant pose. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. Posing for a statue to be commemorated <laughs> in his name. Absolutely. But, oh yeah. I didn't think about that album cover. It's like uh yeah, sugar oi. And I think, yeah, the devil is coated in that golden thing to look like sugar when really it's just spice in disguise. Absolutely. <laughs> spice disguised as sugar. That's what it is. <laughs> Give me some sugar oi. Oh man, there's just so much going on in that album cover. It's really funny. It is. <laughs> Well, let's wrap this show up. Let's do some non-punk. You are going to do a rock, and I'm doing a classic rock. I mean, yours is bordering on classic rock based on when it was put out. Well, yeah, based on based on when it was put out, based on the time now. Yeah, it's considered classic rock. It's, right, uh, it's probably it's the 1980. Channel. Right. <laughs> it's 1980, plus uh, she was uh, doing stuff... Uh, She's been doing stuff since the 70s. That she, uh, to which I'm referring, is one Pat Benatar. Who doesn't know who Pat Benatar is? Probably a lot of people. You have to you have to go to the per, the lady who wrote Hit Me With Your Best Shot. Oh, now I know her. Love yeah. is a Battlefield. Yeah. Or Love is a Battlefield, yes. <laughs> or Heartbreaker. Yep. Which, that's one of my favorites from her. Heartbreaker, dream maker, love taker, don't you mess around. No, no, no. Yeah, I love that one. Um, but yeah, Pat Benatar, she's the she's a queen. She's a fucking, uh, she just fucking uh, earned everything that she's got right now. Haven't been uh, one of the, I don't know, really one of the grittiest front women in rock and roll in the 70s and into the 80s. You know, she wasn't like a, she wasn't plush. She wasn't done up to look like Madonna or anything like that. She was very much rooted in her rock and roll and her, uh, what they considered pop back in the day. And... And she was a classically trained vocalist. She was doing opera, or not opera, she was doing choir quite a bit. And her parents uh, kept, uh, uh, kind of kept pushing her. It's like, okay, let's, uh, get you, let's get you to become a professional singer, as in like the same vein as, uh, let's uh, see if we can get you into opera, pretty much, right. or, on, or on musicals. And she did want to do that, but her love of rock and pop just kept her, that kept her rooted in that. And now... We have 
Pat Benatar as we know her today. <laughs> anyway, yeah, she's had a she has a lot of uh, great heads, a lot of great albums, and uh, and yeah, probably my favorite one is the one with uh, Crimes of Passion, and probably because it has my favorite song that she wrote, "Hell Is for Children." My God, does that song strike a chord? <laughs> it is not a, it's not a happy song. It's not an upbeat, an upbeat song. In fact, this song was uh, quite the challenge for Pat Benatar. She actually says this. Uh, I learned the story when I saw her at a, uh, what was it? The Red Butte. Okay. Yeah, at Red Butte, up by the University of Utah, and she was telling the story of how the song came into fruition. Um. She really wanted to write a song about the abuse of children and just how they can't escape that full because it's their families that are causing the abuse and they're just kind of stuck there because, like I said, they're kids. What are they going to do? They think this is normal. Right. And she wanted to write one about that, but the label was pushing her. as like, you got to make it catchy. You got to make it catchy. It's like, well, how do I write a catchy pop song on a subject that is so dark and horrible and oh god she managed to pull that off without making it sound she found a very good middle ground in this thing it doesn't it strikes the chords it strikes every emotion that you need to feel in that song but god damn you if you can't sing along to it (laughs) and that's why i have a lot of respect for her and the and the song like uh because yeah there's no way to make it sound so sappy that no one really wants to do anything. Just sit and cry. <laughs> or it's just like, yeah, child abuse. It sucks. You can't really do that very well. Right. <laughs> it's not a, yeah, that's not a, not a good thing. It's definitely challenging. Very few have accomplished it the way that Benatar did. So here it is. Hell is for children. Maybe you'll hear it a different way. They blacken your eyes 
That's how you that's how you structure a song of that caliber. You know, it starts off really you know, really slow, really moody. You know, it sets the tone for it to that point where you have no choice but to just fucking yell it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Hell is for children. Right. Again with the shitty voice right here. <laughs> like I said, you do gotta rolls, you can't do the highs anymore. So so yeah, Hell is for Children. It's a marvel. In and out of Pat Benatar's discography, because I love what it has done for. I love what it does with the inspiration of writing songs like that. You know, don't just stay focused on one emotion; just bring out multiple ones. Do the evolution of like uh, defeatism to action. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was for children. To all my to all my friends out there who have suffered at the hands of their loved ones or their parents, 
if you are alive right now and you got out of that situation, you won. You won the battle. Now you can focus on winning the war. There you go. There you go. Pay it forward. Right. Okay. The next classic rock song. Yes. So a lot of people call this band Thin Lizzy, right? That's Because yep. that's what it looks like. It yeah, looks some, like of them, some of them call them the band that wrote Boys Are Back in Town. Right. The Boys <laughs> Are Back in Town. So the album that I'm playing off of is Jailbreak. I actually played the song Jailbreak because it's a great song. It's my favorite song by Thin Lizzy. I'm doing quotations right now. We'll get to why I'm doing that here in a moment. Way back on episode 22. You know, so that was way early on for the podcast. So played them then. They are a band from Dublin, Ireland, if you're unfamiliar with them. And they started way back in 1969. They were active as a band from 69 to 83. And then the band kind of broke up. Vocalist, bassist, Phil Lynott uh, left its mother projects. And then he ended up dying two years later, 1985, of a heroin overdose. Mm -hmm. Very unfortunate. Uh, The band has since... Got together off and on, various other vocalists and so mm-hmm. forth, and played and whatnot. But yeah, you really can't replace Phil. I agree. <laughs> that guy was a oh, he was such a visionary back in his day. <laughs> I agree. If you if you've heard those tracks, uh, the boys are back in town and Jailbreak. Those are probably two of their more popular. Whiskey in the Jar, which is just a traditional Irish song, but yep. they, they did it. Who then? It was covered by Metallica, if you listen to <laughs> yeah. Metallica's Garage. Yeah, the Inc. Garage were, Incorporated. Yep. That's how I was introduced to it. Right. And Mainly so the a lot music of people video. were. <laughs> but this band did it first, and they're an Irish band, and it's a traditional Irish song. Anyway, if you're from Ireland, you actually pronounce it tinless. It's not thin. It's tin. Huh. And so for anybody that doesn't know, there you go. I saw a documentary on them a long time ago, and there was some, I want to say it was some sort of a Ford or something like that, and that's what they called it. And that's the spelling, but that's not how they pronounced it there. It was Tin Lizzy. Yeah. So Tin Lizzy. Yes. So if anybody has... It doesn't make sense if you say it in the accent. Tin Lizzy. Yes. (laughs) If you think it was like some girl named Lizzy who was thin, that's not what they were getting at, okay? (laughs) (laughs) No, it was a... It was a... It was the Tin Man's wife. <laughs> That's definitely closer. That is definitely closer. All right. So the album Jailbreak they put out uh, kind of in the middle of their time together. It was March 26th of 1976. And it was probably one of their best for sure. Best album for me. We're not oh, yeah. playing Jailbreak again. I've already played that one before. And the boys are back in town. Everybody knows. It. So kind of did a deeper cut as Eric did with Pat Benatar there. And off of that album, because I think it's a really great album. There's a lot of great tracks. This one I like. And if you hear Phil, I mean, he's a great bass player, but his vocals are just awesome too. Uh, just great classic rock style. That's what we're going to get into here. Warrior is the track. Here we go with Tim Lizzy and the track Warrior.
Isn't that bass build up already, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> that's how that's how you start up the song. Great job with the bass. Obviously, his vocals are great. That song included a lot of great classic rock solo and guitar yeah. and all that, you know, that you would get from classic rock tracks. Precisely. You know, they're not too uh, overbearing, and they just have that catchiness in there with the uh, the high notes kind of mirroring the uh, back-end riffs. Right. I love that. With uh, That was really the kind of uh, 
motion that was set forth by classic rock. And again, what uh, kind of like what ACDC did for Australia, Thin Lizzy did for Ireland. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Because no one really uh, looked at Ireland as a rock hub. They all just saw it as like Celtic folk music. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know like, uh, like the Dubliners, you know, and, uh, and whatnot. But Thin Lizzy opened up a lot of doors for, uh, uh, for like rockers from Ireland to be taken seriously. Just as ACDC did for Australia and also by Scotland of that, uh, of that same coin. So, yeah. Rock and roll just didn't come out of England the whole time. Right. <laughs> There's something going on elsewhere on the island. It's a great band. And the other island. <laughs> Check them out if you haven't. Uh, one last thing about them is there is a statue of Phil in Dublin uh, as he is regarded as one of Dublin's favorite sons. And most Dubliners hold Phil and Tin Lizzy in higher regard than you two. Good. <laughs> I, you don't want to get me started on my shit talking train about you two, but for another, I will show. agree. I will agree. Tin Lizzy is better than you two. Yes, and I know that that's a low bar, but they are better. <laughs> that wraps up the show. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, Player FM, and SLCPunkCast.com. You found us somewhere, but you can find us on all those other places and probably other places. Find us everywhere. Yeah. We're free. Check us out. Yeah, you never know who's pirating our shit. Right? <laughs> but I mean, whatever, we're not making money off of it, so... Pirate away. Go ahead. Share. <laughs> we like the attention. <laughs> Uh, yes, talk about the bands, share the bands. Uh, you can find the band, speaking of, on Instagram at Bronx Ovision, at Rumbler, R-M-B-L-R underscore territory, at Rain City Ghouls, at Rain Dragon Records, go check out that label, at Mandalore HXC, at Cutton, that's no G, Cutton dot edge dot two zero one eight, at Depopulation Department, at Vanilla dot Muffins, at SLC Punkcast, Eric. Enlighten us. Okay. Here we go. You can find <laughs> me on Instagram at scaryuncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. My band is on Instagram at anonymous underscore band official. Is that right? I keep getting them mixed up with the Facebook for some reason, but Facebook is at anonymous band SLC. The Bandcamp is anonymous SLC Also, side note, you can find Villain at Villain SLC Hardcore on Instagram. And uh, same thing with uh, Social Stigma. You can find them at Social Stigma, I believe HC, something like that. Just type in Social Stigma. You'll find them on Instagram. <laughs> and look at Landon's photos at Landon, Landon Hale, that's H-A-L-E, to look at his uh, uh, the show photos that he's gotten, uh, this one and the one last week with Mandalore, or uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> Our show was last week. <laughs> And and also just his back catalog. If you want someone to photograph your band, you want to photograph a really anything, hit him up. And now back to me. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me also on uh, at Wrecked Podcast, part of uh, Circle Pit Radio. So that's at Circle Pit Radio on Instagram and at Wrecked Podcast for Instagram. I don't know the Facebook pages, but yeah, that that about covers it. You can listen to that on Spotify as well. So 
There you go. I know it's a laundry list, but that's everything. <laughs> well, you can find the bands on Facebook at the Bronx at Rumbler Territory. And again, that's at R-M-B-L-R Territory. At Rain City Ghouls, at Mandalore HXC, at Cutting Edge 2018, at Depopulation Department, the show's at SLC Punkcast. It's been a long one. I hope you enjoyed all the tracks, talking about live shows, reminiscing about the ones we've gone to, and yeah. so forth. Eric, <laughs> any final thoughts? Well, on the subject of live shows, uh, one other thing is uh, there is a lot of give and take within the community. Give respect. Get it back. That's how it, that's how the balance is maintained. And on a smaller scale, if you come to my show, if you want to come and support me at my show, then I will return the favor. I will come and support you at your show. I think that it should go the same across the board between bands, audience members. Yep, you get a chance to pick and choose which bands you are, which bands you do which bands you like whatever you know you come to any show you want but with bands specifically it, it puts you in good standing with the other bands so now you have if you uh, keep going to each other's shows you have this band that you can put on a show with and you have another band you can put on a show with you start to you know bring the web networking. together yep. yep networking and that is something now that shows are coming back into the fold that I'd like to see more of I know it's going to be hard and if you can't make it to a few, I know, life gets in the way. That's fine. But <clears throat> make the effort. Without effort, we will die. And we almost did. So let's not let that happen again. <laughs> uh, I know we didn't die because it was our fault. It was a virus. Stupid. But now that we have the second chance, just remember how fragile this community really is. And with that, play the fucking outro. Outro.